Okay, I'm Daniel Ikes, and welcome to Book 101 Review. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years. And today, I have my special guest. She's award-winning author. Author of Mamas, I Think We Are Cold. No other than Miss Gizelle How are you? I'm fabulous like you. Brilliant. Thank, thank you for having you. Thank you. So can you please introduce yourself more if I miss uh, my intro to uh, about you? Certainly. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, uh, my name is Giselle Lieb. I've just had my first short story collection, my debut collection published by Salt Publishing, and it's called, as you said, Mammals, I think we are called. It's got 18 stories in it. I've been writing for about 12 years, so at least I think 12, 13 of those stories have been published in individual magazines, ranging from literary magazines to sort of alternative horror magazines like Black Static, for example, which is closing. I've been in the Mislexia, which is a literary magazine for women writers. And I'd say my style is definitely literary, but I probably would be described as cross-genre in the sense that my stories often uh, have scientific or, or sci-fi, I should say, and fantastical elements, so magical realist type elements in, in them. So I, I write with lots of genres. Um, so a lot of my writing is about the future, and first what I'm interested in is how people might change their behavior or how they might feel in the future. Um, so some of my stories deal with that. I also deal with the environment, uh, social media, um, and possible narcissism related to that. And just uh, other stories about loneliness and world discrimination and the big question, death, <laughs> which is <laughs> the place. So the human condition in the 21st century might be a good way of describing my book. Sounds interesting, Ms. Gazelle. So you won the Apprentice Award in 2019. Can you tell more about that? Yes, absolutely. So the uh, Word Factory Apprentice Award um, is, uh, well, first of all, I should take a step back. The Word Factory is an organization that promotes the short story. Um, it's based in, in London and it's uh, it's hosted a lot of brilliant writers and has events and so on. But what they also have is an Apprentice Award, which means that um, if you're selected, you'll get a mentor from an established writer. So I was very, very lucky to get Leonie Ross, um, a writer whose work I really admired. Um, she wrote a brilliant book of short stories called Come Let Us Sing Anyway. And she's published an amazing novel called Poppy Show recently, um, or This One Sky Day in the UK. Poppy Show is the American and worldwide title. So she was my mentor, which meant I read a fair number of my stories and gave me some feedback and I had obviously already had quite a few of them published but it was really um, very very helpful in terms of just those really like lot so even when you think you've finished a short story you can often just take it a bit further and um, so I had a great experience um, with my mentor and that lasted over a year. Um, I, I'm also a web designer developer so I've, I've stayed I've, I'm still at the Word Factory as an assistant director and um, helping to organize events and that type of thing. And also, I also maintain their website at the moment. So do you think uh, in writing stories is your stepping stone to write a novel? 
Oh, good question. That's that's the million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> I love writing short stories. I originally tried to write poetry, which wasn't that great, but I might go back to it at some point. Um, I think um, because I tried to write poetry, um, it helped me with a sense of rhythm with words. Short stories, I think, is a separate form to novels. I have to admit I'm guilty. I didn't read that many short stories before I started writing them. Um, but like many people, I focused more on reading novels. I've always read a lot my whole life. Um, but the, one of the best things about writing short stories is I now read um, a lot of short stories. I was reorganizing my bookcase the other day. Um, it's in a terrible mess. And um, I had some a whole a whole sort of set of shelves just for the short stories. I've got too many books. I'm trying to get rid of some, but it's great. But going back to the short story versus the novel, I think they're different forms, and I've really come to deeply appreciate the short story form. So somebody like George Saunders, who's one of my favourite short story writers, he really got famous in the USA just with his short stories alone. In the UK, a lot of uh, publishers and agents um, aren't as keen on short story as novels so it's harder to get them published but I don't think they're necessarily a stepping stone I think they're a separate form but a lot of people in the UK to get um, short stories published um, if you've got a novel um, as well then you're probably more likely to be accepted um, by a publisher but not but of course some publishers do um, publish short stories and I think uh, yeah I think um, often people write novels because they feel they have to write novels, um, otherwise they won't you know, get it as big a publisher. But yeah, I, I think they're separate forms. And I, I mean, everyone's always saying the short story is reviving and it's dying, <laughs> it's reviving. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very well said, Miss Gisele. So uh, mammals, I think we are called. What the meaning of the title of your book? Mammals, I think we are called, is the title of an actual story, and th that's in the book. Um, so it comes from there, and um, I don't want to give away the ending of that story, but um, <laughs> spoiler <laughs> um, alert. <laughs> spoiler, that's absolutely right. <laughs> so in in that story, um, at some point, it involves a sort of a hare that's quite desperate to be a person. Um, there's also other things that happen in the story, but I think that's one of the main threads uh, about animals and how they, um, you know, obviously not in real life, but how they sort of kind of disconnected perhaps from humans because they can't talk. You know, that that most most animals don't have opposable thumbs and they can't pick things up and so on or defend themselves with weapons. So it's a kind of surreal story, I suppose you could say, in which a tutor um, goes to war with a hare. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yes. happened. And that's where the, at the end, at some point, um, as I said, I don't want to give away the ending, but yeah, um, one of the characters says, um, looks at another character and says, mammals, I think we are called. Um, and that's that's how it came about. I can't really remember why, why I thought that or said that, but um, I suppose it's referring to the fact that the animals and the humans share something similar in their history. Um, they're both mammals, or some animals at least, I should say. Yes, definitely. So where did you get your ideas in writing mammals, I think we are called? Oh, that's, yes, another million-dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have to say, I'm, uh, the one thing I'm not short of is ideas, um, getting ideas about everything. So um, 
what what I do do though is what I started to do when I started to write is to write my ideas down in a small notebook and take it around with me, which uh, really means uh, I think to be a dedicated writer, it's a pretty good idea to do that and not be embarrassed if you have to run off or get out your notebook and write down an idea. Or if you, if you are embarrassed, you can, you can run to a private place perhaps and write it down there. But a lot of the best ideas, I think, just come when you're not thinking about about um, your story or about writing. Um, so often, um, often in the shower or just going for a walk or uh, doing, you know, cooking, uh, something will just pop into my head, and I'll write it. Um, and Mammals has got 18 stories, so I've got lots of. Sometimes they come as an image or. Um, sometimes it's a bit of conversation over here, or I've spoken myself. And the way I write is quite um, sort of un unconsciously, I'd say, or without um, having a planned structure to start with. So um, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of my stories when I start writing them. Occasionally I get the ending while I'm writing it, but not usually. So in a way the idea is just a seed and then a whole story springs from that seed but I don't usually know how the story is going to turn out at the end I've got no idea and I think I like that because it keeps a sense of mystery obviously as I'm writing it I will gradually understand you know like what's happening and give it more structure so it's really um to get that first draft I like to play around a lot and keep things very loose and um so the original idea can change a lot. Um, it's almost like a um, sometimes a feeling, like I just get a feeling I want to describe a certain way of being or something like that, and then I just run with that. Um, I think the one thing I do know, though, is usually when you get an idea which has energy, you can feel that energy. And I always think if you have an idea like that, you should pursue that idea because you know that there's more to it, There's something will come from it, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely. So who uh, inspired you in writing mammals? I think we are cool. Well, I think my inspiration has come from lots of different uh, places. As I mentioned, I've, I've been a, a reader since I was a very young child. I was very lucky that my parents uh, or my mom especially read a lot of books. So I'm very grateful for that. And I've got a lot of uh, favorite authors. I think in in terms of, of, of writing the book, as I said, I write individual stories and what inspired me, I'd always wanted to write, but I never thought, um, I didn't really know how to do it. I thought, well, how do you become a writer? And well, unless it happens spontaneously, you know, it, it, it's probably not something that that's for you. But I think eventually the book that inspired me to start writing, which then led to these stories, was a book called uh, Becoming a Writer by Dorothea Brand. So I was playing around thinking I'd like to try writing, but I didn't really know how to actually do it. So I read that book and it's really, it's a unique book in the sense that it's not about, you know, how to write, how to edit or plan or that type of thing. It's about why people don't write in the first place. So I've, I read that book, which had a few exercises to do. So I did this, I actually started doing this a couple of years before I really started sincerely writing um you know every every day in the week type thing i usually write um, in the week not on the weekends um and the books i got to a point and it said if you've tried these exercises and you still aren't writing then maybe it's not for you and i thought no it is for me <laughs> That's when I yes it's really for you <laughs> so how many months or days you wrote 
mammals. I think we are cold. Oh, uh, um, well, I start, as I said, I started writing in 2000. Let me think. I think my, I got my, I started writing end of 2009. And um, I think, um, so, but, but basically I started completely from scratch. So when I started, I didn't really know how to even finish a short story. I wrote some very stories which I still love. Um, I, f I feel like, um, you know, for every everything, every writer has stories that you write that perhaps wouldn't get published, but it's just a sort of practice. So, yeah, so I suppose you could, you could start, I could say from 2009, I, I was lucky to get a short, a really short short story published at the end of that year but um the next story took two years to get published and then after that um, my publication rate increased um but so yes i think when I, I started in 2009 i decided that every day i would write for three hours first thing when i woke up i, I work for myself so after that i could do my work i'm quite lucky because i'm freelance and um that's when I really started, but it took a, a few years, you know, to learn the craft of writing, and it's something that I'm still learning. So I've written a lot more than these 18 stories, and I have had, um, I think, at least, I'm trying to remember, about 40 stories at least published individually. And so I, I suppose you could say it's been a long process where I've been writing stories and editing them and uh, it was very very difficult to select the stories for this collection but in the end i think i chose stories with a fantastical element so as i said it's kind of they're realistic stories but perhaps they've got something slightly odd happens or it might be set in the future that type of thing and i've still got a yeah you know, a lot of other stories um i'm still writing yeah you know, i've just finished a couple of new stories but um haven't sent them out yet um and i am thinking also of of writing enough at the moment. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This will be perfect. <laughs> so how would you craft your writing, Miss Giselle? Yeah, I would describe my writing as, um, as I said, uh, literary. I mean, literary is a kind of, you know, people debate about uh, what's literary, what's not literary, etc. But I think uh, my writing is literary probably because I do love language a lot and give a lot of attention to language. Story is vital as well. Um, but I suppose I'd say my writing has um, what people call layers. It's got a lot of layers. It's often an exploration of, of sometimes of I, an idea I've had about something. Although I don't think writing should ever be, you know, a, a lecture. It has to be a story. Themes and things you're interested in will come about naturally when you write in anyway. You don't have to sort of write them in. But yeah, I'd say um, literary fantastical. When you say fantastical, a lot of people think fantasy, but it's I'm not talking as it's about, you know, goblins and dragons and that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, there's more. Um, I think in, in the USA, there's a really established, much more established tradition of this type of writing than in the UK. But um, there's a writer uh, called Kelly Link. In fact, that was one of my um, uh, sort of inspirations. I came across a book which is brilliant called the Slipstream Anthology. And Slipstream is a kind of writing, I suppose, that blends genres like sci fi, fan fantasy, and uh, literary. And um, it sort of describes you know, the modern world. So I suppose you could say that my writing is, is perhaps um, does belong to the slipstream category. Although, again, these categories are very disputed. So I guess you could say slipstream, magic, realism, fantastical, all of those would describe my writing. But above all, I say uh, literary because it's not really um, what I write as in genre fiction as such. It's sort of more mixed genres. I do also write some realistic stories, but um, they're not in this book because... Uh, 
as I said, one of my criteria was to for the book was to try and hold them together, you know, as a collection. So I like those are the ones with, with the fantastical element. So do you think there's a sequel for the uh, mammals? I think they're called. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had to very sadly leave out some of my top stories. I've, I've, I've written quite a few stories with um, apes in them. I don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> futuristic stories. So, yes, I have a story, for example, called Ape Songs, which I was really sad to leave out. Um, it's just a case of having to, you know, choose stories that aren't too similar to each other, I suppose. Um, yes, and as I said, I've just finished two new stories, and I've got... I've got a few other stories which weren't included in here. So, yes, I definitely see another short story book um, coming out at some point um, in the future. So do you think what will be the title of the sequel of the book? Oh, that's a, <laughs> Mammals, I think, record too. <laughs> I'm not sure at this point. To be honest, um, I think this title, as I said, it came from a story, and actually it's been a, a lot of people have, have liked the title, which I'm very pleased about, including the publisher. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what the title will be. Um, I think like with my short stories, at the time I sort of arrange the book, it will probably just, you know, I will either it'll pop into my head if I'm lucky, or I'll have to think a bit about it if I'm lucky. Some short stories, like most of my short stories, the title comes easily, but some of them... Like, for example, as you follow, I spent the whole day like really reading through the story and looking at phrases in it to get a title because that, that particular one didn't come easily. So. Yes. So what is the big difference if you're writing short stories and poetry? Oh, yes. Well, I think poetry is far more restricted in terms of form. Um, I think poetry is um, astonishing in terms of its ability to condense things and to say something except perhaps one or two lines that says um, so much and I think that's a real inspiration for me for short stories so with short stories you really have to um, try and get rid of I suppose you could say all the extra fat you know cut it away when you're writing a short story when you edit it after um, you're really trying to sort of uh, really condense it in a sim not quite like poetry not as much as poetry but you're trying to include things which all kind of uh, lead the story on towards its end so a lot of people would say the beginning of a short story is sort of reflected in the end of the short story they're quite connected so when you're editing you're trying to get rid of those things which sort of perhaps are, are too much too far away from that particular story or distract from it and sort of add things that emphasize it so with your themes, for example, as I said, I'd never start writing from a theme, but once you've got a first draft, you might read through and try and find out what are the strong themes. Say it was water for it, then think, oh, okay, I need some, are there any symbols uh, or words that reflect that theme? And, and you can sort of repeat throughout the story. And I think that's similar to poetry in a sense, because poetry is very imagistic. Um, some people have said my writing is very, uh, sort of, very, has, very imagistic in a sense of sort of strong images and it's and also a lot of my stories you kind of jump in right in the middle you don't start at the beginning and build up you, you're just in this different world or in some sort of action and but yes I, I think the main thing I've taken from poetry is is, is symbols and um and also I wouldn't say my writing's ultra minimalist but I do like to 
um, edit, you know, just a, a lot and try and sort of essential sentence. I mean, editing's fascinating because sometimes you have a, a sentence which says, say, three really things really well, but when you take up two of them, the one sentence that's left really shines out, if that makes sense. So do you prefer to write a short stories or a novel? Well, I haven't um, written a novel yet, though um, I did, as a joke, once at a reading, I told someone I, I tried to write a novel and it ended up being 2,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, then put it in a podcast saying I was writing a 2,000, another podcast, a blog, saying I'd written a 2,000 word novel. <laughs> fantastic, because then you could probably write a novel every week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, but so I don't know. I think the difference the difference for me, I think the way I write is, as I said, it tends to be like um, what some writers describe as sort of driving along in the dark. You know, you don't quite know where you're going. And interestingly, I was reading at the moment, I'm reading a book by um, Haruki Murakami about his, some essays of his about um, being a novelist and writing novels. And I'm really enjoying it. And I really love Murakami's style. I've read his short stories, uh, some of his short stories as well. He's got a very relaxed style. And um, he both, um, he's talking about writing novels. And the way he does it is he just sits down with his coffee every morning and he sort of thinks about what he's going to do next. And he said for him, it's just this continuous flow, which is very different to some novelists who might plan things and plot out their chapters and some novelists I know definitely um you know have to plot a lot others sort of have a loose structure for the book and then change it so I think um for me I think I probably will write a novel but I think it will be on the shorter side um I was very cheered to see recently that um in the last Booker Prize there were several incredibly short novels 100 pages or so um I do like a bit of intensity um so for example um uh, Fahrenheit 451 is one of my favorite books by Ray Bradbury. It's it's an amazingly intense novel, and uh, he originally wrote it as a short story. I think it was 25,000 words, and he doubled it. So you can sort of get away with 40,000, even with a recent book of maybe 30,000 words. And also, um, there's a writer called Amanda Schweblin, who's translated from Spanish, and she wrote a very, I don't know if you read that one, Fever Dream. Um, it's a it's a novella, so it's shorter than a novel, but it's very very intense. And I suppose a novella just focuses more on it has a narrower focus on one thing than a longer novel, which might digress. Um, so yeah, the difference. I mean, short stories, as I said, they all could be very tight. You know, you can't have too much uh, many um, sort of asides and so on. Whereas novels, I think you often have more subplots and that type of thing. So I think um, yeah, in in terms of myself i think when i write i'm still working out how to write the novel but i think for me i'll probably um work it out uh, I, you know i always like to read a few tips and things but i probably just i think the most important thing is to have something that's interesting enough to you to continue with for a longer time because that's one of the things i love about short stories um you know I, you know, my mind I get interested in one thing and then something else. With a short story, you can have this burst of interest and energy. You write a short story and then you can move on to something else. Whereas with a novel, you have to stay the course for longer. So I have quite a lot of ideas for novels, but I think in a way, yeah, I'll probably just have to try. And some might not work out, some might work out. Um, that's just my way of, of writing, I think. And it's finding something that's got the real energy.
to write about for a longer time. So does your favorite author influence you in your writing? Um, that's yes. I don't know. I mean, one of my favorite authors when I was uh, uh, going back a bit before I started writing was Kurt Vonnegut. Um, and it's interesting because he writes Slaughterhouse Five is a, is probably one of his more famous novels. So he's written a lot of novels, and he's got a very surreal, dark humor. Um, and I think he also when I reread Slaughter years later recently i realized how unconventional the structure i think i think that's possibly influenced me indirectly uh, say someone like kurt vonnegut but and ray bradbury i read recently i think he's influenced me a little as well but um i suppose one of the things i was also lucky about was by the time i got to write and i wasn't really i was never trying to write like someone else because i didn't have any expectations i thought i'd just try this and see what happens because i always wanted to do it so I've never sort of felt like I had to write in the style of somebody else, um, which in poetry is quite standard to write in the style of somebody else and then and then have your own style. So, but I think yes, um, both of those authors, perhaps especially Kurt Vonnegut, have probably had a unconscious effect on my writing. Mamas, I think we are cool. If you describe it, what are they? Sort of stories? Do you mean? Yes. Individually, you have eighteen stories. Eighteen stories. Yes, if you describe them in uh, not all of them, but can you give me at least five of them to describe the book itself? Yes, absolutely. I'm just quickly. Um, I've got um, I've got some uh, log lines, like a uh, short description. So yes, I, I'm just quickly opening those up, and I can I can actually read those to you because that's probably the best way to do it. So I worked on these um, when I was submitting the book. I worked on these log lines or short descriptions of the book with but unlike a synopsis for a novel you don't have to give the ending um my last story um in the novel uh in, sorry in my collection is called barleycorn which is a folk horror story <laughs> um set in the city so i wanted um folk horror is normally set in the countryside but i wanted it to be in a city and it's also an environmental story um that one i haven't got a log line for but I just wanted to mention that one because it's one so Yes, I'll read a couple of those. So um, the very first story in the in the book is called The Goldfinch is Fine. It does have a goldfinch in it. <laughs> and it's, um, <laughs> the logline is um, a weatherman reporting on looming environmental disaster finds the courage to come out. So it's got a weatherman who's reporting. So it's got a kind of love story, which is goes alongside the environmental story. The weatherman is uh, basically has to report on these giant wave coordinates. So in the story, um, I read somewhere about huge giant waves in the ocean. They're increasing. The likelihood of them occurring was very rare, but now because of sort of climate change, they're happening more frequently. And so, the central character in the story is is having to report on these rogue, what he calls rogue wave coordinates, and he's getting more and more worried about that. Another story called um, "Everybody Knows That Place" and. Um, a cyborg visits a reconstructed campsite and experiences strong emotions from its distant human past. So um, in the story, there's a theme park um, in the future and, and a cyborg sort of half human, half machine goes to the park and the whole park is set up like a campsite. Um, and in the in this future world, 
people don't have strong emotions anymore. And I think I partly got that idea from a lot of tech millionaires are, are trying to sort of not feel things too strongly. And that's related to living a long life. Well, at least one who I read read about so it doesn't expend uh, you know too much energy. And um, so that's but really it's it's quite humorous. I think most of my stories have a lot of humor in them, even when they can be quite dark at times, some of them. So he basically visits visits his campsite and he starts um things start happening that give him terrible frights and he starts getting more and more scared, but he's not used to fear. And again, I don't want to give away the ending. That story was inspired directly by um I do a lot of cycle, cycling and a cycle tour once a year at least. I was in Ireland and um, we stayed in an abandoned campsite um, where there was a strange monument. So originally I think I was going to make the story have an alien in it and somehow that changed into an, a cyborg in the future. So there's one called um, Die Vigil. So it's sort of opposite to individual, and I think that was the starting point for that story. I came across that word "divigil," which means obviously two, and I was quite fascinated by that. And the logline is um, "Doctors battle a psychological disease brought on by taking selfies using a radical therapy that shatters identity in order to reshape it." So that story is is about social media and its effect on people and. Uh, it involves some mirrors and it's it's about a sort of future world in which everyone is kind of lost in terms of their identity of self and and so on and they have to go on this strange kind of surreal trip into into the past to try and find out who they really are well sounds interesting miss gazelle and before we go on i just want to shout out people listening in different places in spain muchas gracias and in andalusia i get 53 percent audience share in madrid i have 15 percent catalonia 13 percent valencia at 10 percent mauricia and Castilla de Leon, Galicia, Aragon, Mauritius again, and percent. So thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I told you that this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world, like Ms. Gizelle. Where do people buy your book, Ms. Gizelle? Yes, absolutely. So yes, um, as I said, um, my publisher salt has Penguin Distribution, so you can go into any bookshop in the world and order it. But if you just Google, there's there's lots of sites um, in the US, in the UK, um, in the Netherlands, um, in I think in South Africa. And the Book Depository is a kind of site that sends to lots of different countries, like Australia and so on. But yeah, pretty much everywhere in the world, um, if you just Google it, um, mammals, I think we are called. You should be able to find some way to buy it. Obviously, it's also on Amazon. It's on Amazon Japan, I know, and uh, probably other Amazons uh, like Amazon Australia and so on. And yes. obviously, so you can purchase it from my publisher, <laughs> which is yes. called in, in the U in the UK, um, and that's Salt Publishing. So, like Salt and Pepper, Salt Publishing. Yes, let's support Miss Gizelle. Mammals, I think we are called. I always saying, if we're going to support them, they will give their best. Probably there's a sequel for the mammals. I think we are called, right, Miss Gizelle? Absolutely, yes. 
Yes. So what else you can say about mammals? I think we are cool. Uh, I guess just to finish off, I just want to say thanks very much to you for having conversation and in terms of mammals yeah i think it's a really um i think you that a lot of people enjoy this book it's got a quite a bit of variety in the way stories are told and um yeah it's it's a, as i said it's got a lot of humor and layers and uh, a bit of uh, sort of also some sort of dark humor as well and yeah it's uh, all the stories are quite uh, each story is, is different to the other stories so it's got a lot of interest in sort of different themes and so on so yeah i think it's it, it's quite enjoyable in terms of reading those 18 stories yes my listeners in book 101 review please do listen to my other podcast food 101 on my third season and food 101 is on the best food podcast on the planet we are on number 12 and uh, our third season, we are aiming for the top 10 people. So please support us. Listen, Food 101. Food, 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 people. Let's talk about food. And uh, Miss Giselle, you came from uh, South Africa, right? Yes. And then you moved to uh United Kingdom. So what is the big difference uh, in South Africa in terms of publishing books? Oh, um, I think um, in terms of publishing books, there's quite a few publishers in South Africa, but I think in the UK, um, there's probably more opportunity in getting a bigger audience, I'd say. So I think obviously South Africa has um, a lot of writers, some of whom are really doing well internationally, but I think it's easier probably to get um, published in, or not to get published really, but just to get wider distribution in, in the UK. So I think a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of publisher people might try and, I think you can get a big publisher in South Africa, but I think if you get published by a smaller publisher in South Africa, it might not be as easy to get as much um, international attention, I think is what I'm trying to say. So what is your advice for those aspiring writers out there that want to write short stories or poetry? Yes, I'd say, um, first of all, make sure you read a lot of short stories. Um, and I'd say that about any form of writing, you, re you need to read a lot of a lot in, in, the, in your particular kind of the form that you would like to write in. So, so if you're going to write short stories, read a lot of short stories by different authors, read styles that might not be your favorite, um, a variety of styles, um, just to get an idea of things. And I think unconsciously you'll get the structure. But I think the biggest tip I've got is just persistence. So as I said, I didn't really know how to write at all when I started. But if you just, I think I, I got this from the Dorothea Brand book, but if you just sit down um, at a certain time, you know, if you might a week for one hour or I do five, five, five days a week for three hours, but you just make a time and sit down and, and write at that time. So it's a bit like, um, you know, doing exercise. You, you've got to make a time and then that takes away all the worry about should I write, shouldn't I write. You are writing, you're just writing at that time, just like you run at a certain time. Sometimes, um, you know, and, and then just stick to that plan. And even if you write absolute rubbish, um, it doesn't matter. It's all learning. So I'd say focus on process, not on outcome. So don't think, um, put all your energies thinking, this book's got to be perfect or this short story especially not your first short story because the more you think that the harder it will be and the less likely so <laughs> just enjoy yourself yes. 
and play around and don't put pressure um especially with short stories you know you might have to write 10 short stories and then you have an amazing 11th one it's more about learning to write and then once you've got those tools obviously it'll be quicker and easier to write lots of different things or lots of different stories um but it just takes time and it requires practice just like everything else so do you think rejection makes you better in the process oh another excellent question uh, rejection yes rejection is part of every writer's experience uh, while i haven't yet met a writer who hasn't been rejected i think rejection yes i mean rejection is is just part of it uh, people have different styles of writing they like so just because something is rejected doesn't mean that it's terrible or it just means often that that particular person or publication you ever read it might not like it um but the thing about um rejection i mean it's related to feedback um for me it's essential to get feedback from people for your writing so for example i um i, I joined the feedback group a year and a half after i first started writing every day um i needed to have a bit of time by myself so without criticism or feedback and then at a certain point um i joined read each other's work and we had a very specific format for it um it has to be friendly feedback not not you know i hate your story it's terrible <laughs> yes that definitely. can be very damaging for writers so a kind of positive feedback group um of course when people say okay this didn't work for me or this worked for me that's vital and i think um that really helps um develop your writing it helps you to deal with rejection um because when you get rejection, you know, I know some people who get rejected twice and even people who've done MAs in creative writing and they sort of don't submit again. And I'm amazed. I mean, I think um, I used Geotrope, which is a submissions manager, and I can't remember. I mean, I used to submit at least, I think, 120 stories a year. I mean, obviously, once you've built up. Um, but, I mean, sending to a place that publishes work like you also doing your research and reading that magazine is also good it means you have less rejection because the closer you can match what you write to what people want the less rejection you'll get but um sometimes it's just not their time like maybe people aren't interested in the topic at that particular time or and so there's lots of different reasons you know to to not be accepted some people i know um, don't like stories with fantastical uh, elements in them they like you know, hard, what they call dirty realism, <laughs> and so on. <laughs> but, um, yes. but these days, there's so many magazines, especially with online magazines and quality ones that publish so many different varieties of short stories. So try and sort of target your, your when you are um, sending in a story to a magazine or a journal, try and target something that publishes things that you like when you really think, yes, I like this, or and so on. And it, But yes, rejection... Don't take it personally. Um, and obviously, if you've got a story and it keeps getting rejected, it's worth having a look, thinking maybe it needs some edits or asking, um, you know, whoever you normally ask to read your stories for feedback to have a look. Um, Stephen King said um, he's, he's also got a great book called On Writing, which I'd recommend highly. Um, he said, if you ask, say, 10 people, if send, um if 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 nine out of ten people say you know at this point when um let's say when daniel said i'm going outside i didn't understand what he meant then then this then you might think i have to fix it if it's 50 50 the choice is up to you <laughs> so, <laughs> like yes. 
because feedback can also be very different depending on who's giving it. So, um, yeah, but obviously if lots of people say there's a problem at this point, you might think, oh, yeah. So feedback is just really, you know, oh, I don't understand this or oh, I'm not quite clear on what was happening here. And if, if everyone's saying that, then you might just want to, you know, to, to have a look at it again. So um, I'd, I'd say edit as much as you can before you send out a story, get, you know, work on it as much as you can until you it's got to the, the place where you feel you can't do anything more at that point. You might find in two years' time, once your craft has developed, you'll come back and think, oh, I could have done this, this. but you can only do what you can do at that point. So if you work on it as much as possible yourself, get you do send something and you've got a lot less, a lot more chance of being accepted because the work will be more finished. Yes. For your own experience, how you handle a rejection? Um, I lock myself in my room and cry for three days. Well, recently I did a, a, a chat with my mentor, Leonie, and she said she, I seem very uh, calm with my rejection. But I think the reason is, as I said, when I started writing, I, I didn't, um, I was so delighted to get accepted um, the first time I got accepted. That's such a thrill when you get a story accepted. That. And as I said, I didn't have high expectations of myself. So I didn't start thinking I need to be, you know, world famous right by the end of year one type thing. Um, so actually, I think I dealt with rejection quite well. Um, I think there have been times actually when I've got very, very frustrated, but that was actually later. I think for me, the most difficult rejections are those type of rejections when you wait for six months, eight months, and eventually you get this rejection and it's a very personal rejection so it's a, that the type of thing would be oh yes well our final committee you know all argued about your story and if we didn't agree so we're not published you know um, so yes i don't say it quite like that but it's the ones um, i've had stories i've had one story in particular which isn't in my collection but it, it got to the top sort of panel because you've often with these big magazines, you've got, you know, first readers, second readers, finally you get this final decision-making process. And, um, and yeah, that story got onto about four or five of these final panels. And I said, love your story, but, you know, but we're not going to publish it. And sometimes that's because um, one of them was really, um, they had two rounds of stories. They had so many submissions and I, you know, I got, I think, out of a lot of people, I got to the final 10 and, and then I got rejected. But it's it's purely because of space or because there's something similar. So, yeah, those are the hardest rejections. So I have got encouraged sometimes with a story which I know people like and love, but it just isn't getting accepted. It can be frustrating. But I'd say that's as far as it goes with me, a bit of frustration. But I usually send something out, you know, to another place relatively quickly, Um after I've been rejected. So, yeah, I, I think just keep writing and write other things. And, yeah, if a story is really good, it will eventually find somewhere to be published, I think. So, Ms. Giselle, once again, invite our listeners to buy your book. Yes. So, as I said, my book is called Mammals, I Think We Are Called, and it's published by Salt Publishing, um, a UK publisher. Um, you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on the Salt Publishing website. And you can buy it um, uh, throughout the world um, from either by ordering it from a bookshop or just by googling online and finding um, the sort of uh, the way to buy it in your country. Um, you can often buy a hard copy 
ebook in most countries in the world. And the Book Depository is a good website which sends books to many different countries, not all countries, but their list is increasing. So have a look on there to see if the book appears on that website. Yes, let's support Miss Gisele so that the sequel become more better. Yes, as I said, if you support them, they give their best. And uh, thank you, Player FM, for being the number six best uh, review podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Miss Gisele. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks so much, and have a good day. More to come, people. See you soon. Bye.